part three chapter twenty nine a of a vital question or what is to be done by nikolai chernyshevsky translated by nathan haskell dole eighteen fifty two to nineteen thirty five and others this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine part three marriage and second love chapter twenty nine a an extraordinary man three hours after kirsdnof left vira pavlovna came to her senses and almost her very first thought was that it was impossible to leave the shop in such a way yes though vira pavlovna loved to assure herself that the shop was getting along by itself yet in reality she knew that she is only flattering herself with this thought and as a matter of fact the shop needed a director else it would go astray however the business was now very well established and it took but very little trouble to direct it mrs mertsalova had two children but she might spare an hour or an hour and a half every day or not even every day she surely would not refuse for already she has a great deal to do with the shop vira pavlovna began to look over her things preparatory to the sale of them and she herself sent masha first to mrs mertsalova to ask her to come and then to the old woman who deals in second-hand clothes and other things of every sort rachel one of the most business-like of jewesses and a very good friend of vira pavlovna's towards whom rachel had proved herself absolutely honest as almost all the small retail dealers among the hebrews are whether men or women when they have to do with respectable people rachel and masha had to stop at their city apartment to collect the remainder of the clothes and things and on their way to stop at the furrier's where vira pavlovna's shubas were stored away for the summer and then to come back to their summer dacha with the whole collection so that rachel might put a valuation on the things and buy them all at once after masha left the gate she was met by rakhmatov who had been prowling for half an hour around the dacha are you going away masha for how long yes probably i shan't get back before late this evening i have a great deal to attend to is vira pavlovna all alone by herself she is alone then i will step in and stay with her in your place in case i can do anything to help her if you only would and i tremble on her account and i forgot entirely mr rakhmatov call some of the neighbours there is a cook and a nurse girl friends of mine to get dinner for she has not had anything to eat yet all right i have not had any dinner myself we'll help ourselves have you had your dinner yes vira pavlovna would not let me go without it well that's good i imagined she would have forgotten this on account of her own trouble except masha and those who were her equals or superiors in the simplicity of soul and dress all people were rather afraid of rakhmatov lopukov and kirsdnof and all those who feared nobody and nothing felt in his presence at times some trepidation towards vera pavlovna he was very distant she found him very tiresome he never sought her society but masha liked him though he was less sociable and polite to her than were any other of their visitors i came without being invited vira pavlovna he began but i have seen alexander matveitch and i know all and so i came to the conclusion that i might be useful to you in some way and i am going to spend the evening here his services might have been very useful even now to help vira pavlovna in undoing the things any one in rakhmatov's place would have been asked to do it or would have offered his services but he did not offer and he was not asked vira pavlovna only pressed his hand 
and with sincere feeling said that she was very grateful to him for his attention i shall remain in the library he said if anything is needed call me and if anybody comes i will open the door don't you trouble yourself with these words he went into the library took from his pocket a big piece of ham and a hunk of black rye bread all of which must have weighed four pounds he sat down and ate it to the last crumb striving to chew it all very fine he drank half a pitcher of water then he went to the bookshelves and began to pick out something to read i know that not original not original not original not original this criticism not original referred to such books as macaulay guizot thiers ranke gervinus ah but here's something good this he said after reading on the back of several huge tomes complete works of newton he began hastily to turn over the pages finally he found what he was looking for and with a lovely smile cried here it is here it is observations on the prophecies of daniel and the apocalypse of st john yes this side of knowledge has till now remained with me without any real foundation newton wrote this commentary when he was old when he was half sane and half crazy it is the classical fountain when one is on the question of the mixture of sense and insanity here is a question of world-wide historical interest this mixture which is in almost all occurrences in almost all books and in almost all brains but here it must be in a model form in the first place the most ingenious and normal brain that ever was known in the second place the acknowledged undisputed insanity which was superinduced upon this brain and so the book is capital in its way the most obscure features of the general phenomenon must appear here more distinctly than anywhere else and no one can have the least doubt that here you find these very features of this phenomenon to which the features of the mixture of sanity and insanity are related the book is worth studying with great energy he began to read the book which for the last century had been scarcely read except by those who wanted to set it right for any one else to read it except rakhmatov would be equivalent to eating sand or sawdust but it was to his taste such people as rakhmatov are rare so far in my life i have met with only eight examples of this species and that number includes two women they have no interrelation except in one feature among them were people soft and severe people melancholy and gay energetic people and phlegmatic people sentimental people one of them had a severe face sarcastic even to impudence another one with a wooden face quiet and indifferent to everything they both shed tears before me several times like hysterical women and not on their own account but during talks on different topics while by themselves i am sure they wept often and people who never under any circumstances lost their self-possession there was no resemblance between them in any respect with the exception of the one feature but that feature in itself joined them into one species and separated them from the rest of humanity i used to laugh at those with whom i had been intimately acquainted when i was alone with them they would either get angry or not but they would also join in the laugh and really there was so much that was amusing about them the main characteristic was amusing for this very reason that they were people of a different species i loved to laugh at such people the one whom i met in the circle of lopukhov and kirsanov and about whom i am going to speak here serves as a living proof that a reserve clause is necessary in the arguments between lopukhov and mertsalov about the peculiarities of the soil in vera pavlovna's second dream such a reserve clause is necessary to this effect 
that no matter how bad the soil may be it may have some very tiny portions which will produce healthy grain the genealogies of the principal characters of my narrative vira pavlovna kirsdnof and lopukhov to tell the truth do not go back further than their grandfathers and grandmothers and possibly by some tremendous straining you may get back still further to some kind of great-grandmother the great-grandfather is hidden by the darkness of oblivion all that is known of him is probably that he was the husband of the great-grandmother and that his name was kirill because the grandfather was kirillovitch rakhmetov belonged to a family which has been known since the thirteenth century that is it is one of the most ancient not only in russia but anywhere in europe in the number of the tartar prisoners tribal chiefs who were massacred in tver according to the words of the chroniclers on account of their intention of converting the people to mohammedanism an intention which they probably did not have but simply out of brutality was a certain rakhmet the young son of this rakhmet by a russian wife who was the niece of a nobleman of tver that is the oberhof marshal or field marshal whom rakhmet married by force was saved on his mother's account and he was baptized mikhail instead of latvif from this latvif mikhail rachmetovich sprang a good many rachmetovs in tver they were boyars in moscow they were crown officers in petersburg during the last century they were generals-in-chief of course not all of them the family branched out very widely so that there would not have been enough positions of general-in-chief to give them all our rachmetov's great-great-grandfather was a friend of ivan ivanovitch shuvalov's and he put him on his feet again after his failure which was caused by his friendship from munich his great-grandfather was a contemporary of rumiantsov he served till he reached the rank of general-in-chief and he was killed at the battle near novo his grandfather escorted alexander to tilsit and would have risen higher than any of them but he early ruined his career by his friendship with speronsky his father served without any success and without any failures at the age of forty he resigned with the rank of general-lieutenant and made his home at one of his estates which were scattered about over the sources of the medvyaditsi river the estates were however not very large all in all probably about two thousand five hundred souls or serfs and during the leisure which came to him in his country retirement he had eight children our rachmetov was the next to the youngest he had one younger sister and consequently our rachmetov did not have a large estate he received about four hundred souls and seven thousand desyatins of land how he managed with his serfs and his five thousand five hundred desyatins of land is not known to anybody nor was it known that he kept for himself one thousand five hundred desyatins and moreover generally it was not known as long as he lived among us that he was a proprietor or that the land retained for himself gave him about three thousand roubles income this we learned afterwards but at that time we supposed of course that he was of the same family as those rachmetovs many of whom were rich proprietors and who together bearing the same name possessed about seventy-five thousand souls around the sources of the medvedica the koper the sura and Tsna rivers who forever were the district marshals of those places and one or the other of them is constantly the marshal of one or the other of the governmental cities through which run their feudatory rivers and we know that our friend rachmetov used to spend four hundred roubles a year for a student of that time that was not very bad but for a proprietor from among the rachmetovs it was too little 
and so every one of us though we really cared very little for such investigations decided for himself without making any inquiries that our rakhmatov must be from some impoverished or estateless branch of the rakhmatovs maybe the son of some kind of a governmental officer who left his children a small fortune but we did not bother ourselves about these things now he was twenty-two years old and he had been a student since he was sixteen but for nearly three years he had given up the university he left the second class went to his estate took charge of it after defeating his guardian's resistance and winning the anathemas of his brothers and succeeding in making his sister's husbands forbid them to mention his name then he wandered all over russia in different guises both by land and by water and by one or the other in a common and an uncommon way for instance by foot and on rafts and in slow boats he had a good many adventures which he brought upon himself among other things that he did he sent two men to the university of kazan and five to the university of moscow these were his stipendiaries but to petersburg where he himself intended to live he had no students at his expense and therefore no one of us knew that instead of four hundred he had three thousand roubles income this became known only later on but all we knew was that he often disappeared for some time and two years before the time that he is sitting in kirsdnof's library with newton's commentaries on the apocalypse he returned to petersburg entered the philological faculty before he had been in the department of natural science and that's all but if none of rakhmatov's petersburg acquaintances were aware of his family and pecuniary standing yet all who knew him knew him by two nicknames one of them we have already used in this story the rigorist he accepted it with his usual easy smile of gloomy satisfaction but when he was called nikitushka or lomov or by the full name nikitushka lomov he smiled broadly and sweetly and he had just reason for it because he was not endowed by nature but gained by the firmness of his will the right to this name which is so famous among millions of men but it thunders with its fame only in a district of a hundred versts in width running through eight provinces but to the readers living in the rest of russia it is necessary to explain what this name meant nikitushka lomov was a river boatman who went up and down the volga twenty years or fifteen years ago he was a giant of herculean strength he was more than twenty-six feet high he was so broad across his chest and shoulders that he weighed fifteen puds six hundred pounds avoirdupois though he was such a heavy man he was not stout to illustrate his strength it is necessary to give only one illustration he used to receive the wages of four men whenever his vessel came to a city and he went to market or as it is called in the volga dialect the bazaar the boys were heard in the most distant corners of the street shouting here comes nikitushka lomov here comes nikitushka lomov and everybody ran into the street which led from the wharf to the bazaar and crowds of people used to pour out after their favourite hero rakhmatov from the age of sixteen when he first came to petersburg was as regards strength an ordinary lad of rather tall stature rather strong but by no means remarkable for his strength certainly two out of ten of his comrades would have got the better of him but when he was going on to seventeen it occurred to him that it would be a good thing to acquire physical riches and he began to work over himself he energetically practised gymnastics this was good but gymnastics only perfect the material it is necessary to have a material basis and so for a time which was twice as long as he spent on his gymnastics he used to work every day for several hours as a common labourer where physical strength was required 
he lugged water he carried wood chopped wood sawed trees cut stone dug earth hammered iron he passed through a good many occupations and he frequently changed them because with every new work with every new change some of his muscles would get a new development he underwent the diet of a boxer he began to nurse himself in the full sense of the word with the special things which had the reputation of strengthening the body beefsteaks almost raw more often than anything else and since that time he always lived in such a way in a year after he began such a regime he started off on his wanderings and here he had still better opportunities to develop his physical strength he became a ploughman a carpenter a ferryman and a working man a labourer in every kind of healthy occupation whatever once he went the whole length of the volga from dubovka to ruibinsk in the capacity of a burlach to tell the master of the boat and the other burlachs that he wanted to join them would have been regarded as absurd and he might not have been accepted so he simply engaged passage as a traveller and after making friends with the crew he began to help tow the boat and at the end of a week he put on the regular harness as though he had been a genuine labourer they quickly noticed how powerfully he was towing the boat they began to put his strength to the test he out-towed three even four of the strongest of his mates at that time he was twenty years old and his mates on the boat christened him nikitushka lomov after the memory of the hero who at this time had left the stage in the following summer he was travelling in a steamer one of the second-class passengers who crowded the steamer's deck proved to be one of his last year's co-workers on the towpath and in this way his companions who were students learned that he must be nicknamed nikitushka lomov in fact he acquired and without sparing any time he kept up his mighty strength this is necessary he used to say it gives you respect and love among the common people this is useful and it may come handy some time end of part three chapter twenty nine a recording by expatria in bangor maine